Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And once again, I'm Kathy. <laughs> and <laughs> this is still. Once again still. and still, yes. And this is your podcast for November 24th, 2019. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, this is this is a proper 29. This is the end of the propers. This is we the, will be improper from now on. We will be improper as that which fits our podcast. Yes, um, not but uh, uh, I, I have a little side note here. It, it's not just proper twenty nine. It also is called the reign of Christ. Well, the and the old name for the feast was Christ the King. Christ the King. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, this is we're this is the end of the liturgical year. Yeah. So uh, we are ready to then move into uh, to Advent. Uh, uh, starting next week, and it, it's at the end of our calendar no. oh, year yeah. C. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, we'll move to year A. Will you move to year A and the season of Advent? Very good, very good. It but feels then. it feels like a new season. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's cold as all get out out there. Um, <laughs> well, and in the church year, Advent is the beginning of the church year, so. right? Right. Yeah, so it should be January firstish. If only it would kill all those uh, 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 all those uh, bugs outside and and, and thistle uh, plants and thistle plants. <laughs> exactly, I would love. Uh, you know, it really is a, a new year in that regards. Um, so let's let's move on to our. In this case, it'll be stumped the priests, <laughs> right? Plural. Kathy Gray and Bruce Gray. That's right. Let's see if I can do it. I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Today's word is Marcionism. Ha, I was right. Yeah. I lose. <laughs> M-A-R-C-I-O-N-I-S-M. Well, it's named in honor of a guy named Marcion. Yes, it is. It oh, that's all you got? That's all I got. It's an ism that, uh, that it's, is based it, off of it's, him. Um, it, it has a whole lot to do with what he thought, which a yes. lot of people didn't agree with. Uh, yes. I, I'm picturing you filling up the blue book at the essay question <laughs> final. And then he cried. Uh, I don't have that specifically, but I would imagine maybe at some point in time in his I'm life. Sure yes, he, he did. did. He was so, so well opposed. He was a heretic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, so he, any, so anything else cried. you got? What's ironic is that not long ago we were talking about it in our adult forum here and so it's out of my brain because I didn't need to know it again. <laughs> I can tell you what the next forum's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in this case, Martianism is the name given to theological doctrines developed and advocated by the second century Bithynian uh, teacher Marcion. He was a Christian by upbringing, but he fell under Gnostic influences in four, uh, uh, 144 uh, after death, Marcion broke uh, with the Christian church because he could not reconcile the Old and New Testaments. He argued that the God of the Old Testament was a God of legalism and strict, just, uh, strict justice. In contrast, the God of the New Testament was a God of grace and love. For Marcion, uh, the Old Testament God who created the world was a lower deity subordinate to the God revealed in Jesus Christ. This dualism led Marcion to reject the Old Testament as inspired writing, and he acknowledged a severely truncated New Testament uh, consisting of the Gospel according to Luke and the ten genuine Pauline epistles, all purged out of Marcion, uh, regarding, uh, regarded as uh, Judaizing material. 
Uh, the church declared he, his teaching heretical, but the widespread popularity of his teaching forced Orthodox Christianity to develop and defend its own list of can canonical books. The popularity that, of... Yeah. Yeah. It That's led why it, we got the New Testament. Yeah. Uh -huh. The popularity of Marcionism uh, also prompted Christianity to assert the goodness of creation by the one God of both Testaments. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, um, and, you know, if you throw the tape ahead a bit, you'll get um, a piece of him back with Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, and if you throw it a little further forward, you'll find that, probably shouldn't say this, but um, many, many, many strands of the Christian church now... Um, wouldn't disagree with him yeah. in terms oh, of yeah. this God's like this and this God's like that. Yeah. And we're going to just pick. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I, I think that's um, fair to say. I think it's fair to say that most people do recognize that there seems to be a thematic difference between how God is depicted in the Old Testament and how God is depicted in the New Testament. It's only because they haven't read it all. I was going to say because they haven't looked at Isaiah's. There you go. We've been there you well, go. The prophets. The prophets. But it does. It does. It, yeah. it does have. Uh, there. There are some strong themes in the Old Testament which are not are. Uh, necessarily present to the same yeah. extent in the New Testament. There's a lot of fire and brimstone stories and from oral traditions and things like that, which kind of paints a narrative that seems uh, at odds. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to try to do this really quickly because it's awesome. No, no, that's sort what of, this is for. Um, <laughs> but um, our book group, which meets the something or other Tuesday, second, second Tuesday. Tuesday of each month at <laughs> Just keep showing up on Tuesdays until you hit it. <laughs> yeah, second Tuesday of each month at 10 a.m. at the church. Um, we've been reading a book from Rachel Held Evans mm -hmm. called Inspired. And one of the things she says in her own juggling with these to the, the, the two gods mm -hmm. problem is that um, God in God in God's generosity um, allowed God's children to do the writing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we sometimes don't get something straight from God. We get something that God's children thought was the right way to go about it. And God still pokes through there. You know, it's, you can't bury God under yeah. Slight misconceptions. God um, doesn't give up. <laughs> God will continue to come through there, but it is human writing. That's the oh, point. Oh, sure, sure. It's human writing. That's a good writing, way of putting it. Yeah. And as such, you uh, know, these I, people didn't even know each other. It's not right. like a committee sat down. And wrote the whole <laughs> right, exactly. We want the angry God for Very these true. pages. We want Very the true. nice God for those pages. And any, any parent, yeah. uh, I think most parents uh, know uh, that their children often remember the times they're punished. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, more than the times where you showed them mercy or love or like right. sometimes yeah. that gets you yeah. always are grounding me. I'm like, no, especially if there are only semi friends present to hear it, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like their boss. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So yeah. yeah, there's, there's a, there's, there, there is that, uh, uh, inherent quality to, to, to the writings that they, they do become personalized. And some of them, some of them do come from, uh, different traditions too. Some of them are direct right. writings. Right. Others are fi uh, finalized writings after, you know, centuries of oral yeah. tradition. Uh, right. so it can, uh, definitely, uh, uh, paint that picture, but it does. Yeah. It, 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 you are right that it does. That sense still does exist, uh, um, either mildly or in some cases strongly in, in, in today's Christianity. Yeah. And I know 
a number of people who have also not been able to reconcile that for themselves and have have uh, struggled as a result of yeah. that. So well, it, it is not a lost heresy at this point. Exactly. Right. It's very popular. I, yeah. I think it's a good thing that people have struggled with it. Mm -hmm. um, Marcion, for example. Now that I know who he is. Right. Good old Marcian. <laughs> Good old Marcian. Um, actually, I knew who he was. I just couldn't remember. But anyway, you know, people struggle with it. And, and we, we work really hard to try to, you know, pull the threads in the right way that the design fits. Mm -hmm. um, but um, some people walk away. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, struggle. and it's encouraging when people struggle because we're, we know that they're not either just going... I don't know, and whatever, um, and they're not walking away and saying the whole thing is bogus. Right. They're sitting in there and yeah, working think, on it. I think. Uh, I think uh, one one of the themes that we haven't really expressly said uh, uh, during the recording of, of this <clears throat> podcast over the past year plus uh, is is it is just that the struggle is is absolutely important because yeah. if it, if this were spelled out and undeniable it would be one of those things that it, like i feel like it, there would be a verse about it somewhere in the bible like what good is that to you you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. it, it, it really is that it becomes a personal relationship through that struggle right instead of right. uh an, an inherent undeniable and therefore maybe even lessened uh um relationship if it were mm -hmm. just handed down to you and there was no questioning it so uh in a way uh, that, that struggle is is uh is important uh, to your own development, because very, if very. you can't question it and make it your own, then it's not really worth that much to you. It's going to ask, right. it'll stay shallow. Right. So in light of that, mm -hmm. uh, let's, let us struggle. Let's str <laughs> let us struggle together. Um, so we're going to go back to J Jeremiah chapter 23, one through six. This is your boy right here. Um, uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We go way back. Well, this is the, uh, the old Testament hottie for, uh, for, for Kathy. Uh, um, her favorite, uh, <laughs> I will never live this down. No, you will not. Now it's a more <laughs> immortal lives <laughs> this forever on the internet. <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you want to say a little bit about Jeremiah? Just, just, uh, to reiterate why you like him uh, in maybe a few words. Uh, he is your favorite prophet. Yes. He is, he is my favorite prophet. And, um, I, I don't know why, um, except that, well, He's, he's very honest, <clears throat> very honest, and um, and I, th I think he's a very poetic writer, so I, I like mm -hmm. that about him. And he just doesn't mince words, you know? He, he can be very poetic, and he can use lovely language, and you still feel like you've been hit right between the eyes. <laughs> well, um, yeah. well, then let's, uh, let's, so. let's put ourselves in uh, his aim here. Uh, Chapter 23, verse 1 through 6, uh, reads this way. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall no longer fear, they, they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. 
The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Um, so yeah, very poetic, obviously. Uh, this is, the, uh, um, uh, he's using some metaphors here uh, to, to describe uh, the Israelites uh, and uh, and their God. Um, what do we take away from this reading? What's the what's the context here? What's he railing against? Uh, what what is going on during this period of time that he is trying to correct? Well, we have to remember that um, Jeremiah wrote during a period of exile, and so you know, the these sheep belonging to God, the people of God, really mm -hmm. were kind of scattered. Mm -hmm. And um, he's one of the sheep. <clears throat> Am I? Right, mistaken. Jeremiah, I'm not mistaken here. Jeremiah right? would be a sheep, yeah. Yeah, um, he's one of the ones who's been scattered. Yeah. yeah, he is scattered. Well, not himself, but <laughs> he is among the scattered. Um, and it, 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 this is one of those places where we run into who is this God? Because, you know, God's greatest desire is to regather these people, to get them back where they belong. Mm-hmm. But God also takes the the blame, maybe, for having scattered them. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, um, you know, if you're trying to be logical, that's a little problematic. If you're a poet, it's not. So um, it's not a problem, right? I don't think. Um, but basically, God is saying, you, you who were supposed to be in charge, you who were entrusted with making this project work, mm -hmm. you goofed up and um, basically fired them and kind of threatened them a bit. Um, you know, I will attend to you for yeah. your evil doings, not just go to the back of the line, you know, right. like, mm, no, and not bigger even, than that. Not, not even like the curses side of uh, blessings and curses. This is more like God's gonna deal with you yeah directly <laughs> yeah you sit there i'll you, take care of you in a minute you have some but, comeuppance yes yeah yeah, yeah. enjoy it's, it it's pretty firm and yet you know as soon as we get past verse two it becomes just completely this pastoral thing with god ready to you know reach out his his her shepherdy arms and do what a shepherd does. Yeah. Um, and I've I've known some shepherds in my life, and their job is to be quiet and keep the sheep all in one place. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a big job. It's not as bad as trying to keep hamsters in one place, but <laughs> but sheep aren't all that a hamster shepherd. I want to see. Tiny little crook. Yeah. But um, <laughs> But sheep don't necessarily all want to stay in one flock. Uh, yeah, mass. very you true. Know, they they want to go explore, and um, because they're animals, mm -hmm. and that's what animals, including humans, tend to want to do. We all want to wander and see what's beyond the edge of sure. where we're supposed to be, and um, that often gets us in trouble. But um, as far as God's concerned, anyway. Um, we do get to come back, and yeah. and we and not and he's not going to lose any of us. 
is what yeah. we what will says. not be lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this theme, um, the you know the whole pastoral setting, the the shepherd and the sheep, it just continues and continues. It's one of those metaphors that mm-hmm. you know started out very early in scripture and goes right on through the gospels. Oh yeah, um, where Jesus is both shepherd and lamb, and uh-huh. um, God is the one who scatters and God is the one who gathers and. It, it yeah. just keeps going. Yeah, I, I wanted to thing. touch on that because, as you pointed out, uh, in, in one verse, he's saying, you shepherds have scattered my flock. And then in the next, in, in the next verse, he's talking about, uh, I will... Uh, I will gather them together where uh, from from all the lands where I have driven them. So you're right. He does mm-hmm. kind of take uh, uh, because in a way they've been scattered in his name, uh, but also I think I I get the feeling like the the from the version of this language what he's really trying to say is I haven't I, even though you've been scattered I haven't left you. Yeah. So I have followed you where you have gone and I will still mm-hmm. I will still. Uh, go find you and, and bring you back to safety. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a yeah. to me it kind of feels as though it's like I was always there. Uh, Definitely, even and in it, your exile. And that's one of the huge theological developments that take that is taking place in Scripture at this point is, and I think we talked about this last time we had Jeremiah, is the realization that God is not constrained by national borders. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah. even as the um, Even though you've been that, driven out of this land, I'm my, I am still the God of wherever you're at. Yeah, and then the God of everyone everywhere, therefore. Yeah. And that was that was a huge theological leap. Um, right. And so in some ways, it's almost, um, you know, maybe it's God making lemonade here, but mm-hmm. with the, the inadequate kings, the shepherds, who caused the fall of Israel, God was able to take this moment of great distress for humanity at that time and open up the love of God for all humanity for all time. Mm -hmm. So God was able to reveal something crucial about the divine one that otherwise would have taken a lot more um, teaching and prophecies and things like that to demonstrate. Speaking of prophecies, he does, he does, he, Prophetizes here, uh, and in uh, chapter or chapter or verse twenty five uh, or twenty five five, uh, does he not? He uh, when I uh, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is talking. This is uh, at least I'm reading it as though uh, the, the the line of David uh, is where uh, um, Christ comes from. Is this is this a, a, a well certainly foretelling within, within Christianity? It's seen as a uh, Jesus prophecy, right? Messiah, Jesus mm-hmm. Messiah prophecy, but in all fairness, in the Hebrew, it could also be referring to a historic figure whose name would be a pun using this image. Okay, uh, a, a future king of Israel. Okay, uh, very very soon uh, that person will arise. Zeb Zebra Babel. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Zebra Yes, something Zebra. like sure. that. Sure. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. So just to be fair as how the scripture stands, it's it could be referring to a, a regular old king who was going to do much, much better than the prior ones, mm. or it could refer to Jesus. Um, what about chapter, or I keep saying chapter, what about verse 6? Uh, um, in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Why, uh, why, Judas, why is Judah uh, pinpointed here in this verse specifically? Well, um, Judah... And Israel, 
mm-hmm. were the two. At one point, they were one thing, and then they were two things. Judah is the southern kingdom. Israel is the northern kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Um, because even God's own people couldn't get along right. in one place. <laughs> right, right. Um, because, one of the tribes, right? I, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, originally there were the 12 tribes, mm-hmm. and Judah was one of those 12 tribes, one of the 12 sons of Israel who had 12 sons um Mm -hmm. and um you know so there was a a tribal base for each of those 12 sons Mm -hmm. um and eventually Israel was established as a nation but then it was divided and Judah who I think was the oldest son um Fought his way, fought his way through, free, um, or his descendants. Did. Okay. So it was, it was, it was a divided nation already. Okay. And, I wasn't sure um, if they were like, were, were these uh, group of people who were captured and, and... well, but you well, know, b- both nations were taken into captivity together. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily like this one got conquered and went this way, and this one got conquered and went that no, way. They were no. all taken there was off kind of a self-separation were... that had taken place, and so what he's referring to is a reunification of the two. Well, both returning to the land. Okay, after and, captivity. Yeah, you know, okay. the the thing the thing is that um, even though Judah and Israel didn't feel like they were the same, everybody else looking in from the outside was like, eh, they're all the same. Just right. take them all. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. They're all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Believing in this God that yeah. has no boundaries. What ridiculousness. Yeah. For goodness sakes, where are their fertility and harvest gods? Right? <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, uh, let's move on then mm-hmm. to uh, Colossians mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven, uh, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Um, first things first, uh, the book of Colossians is written to Colossia, the, the, the church in Colossia. Colossus. Is it Colossus? I thought Colossus was. Colossae. Colossae. Sorry. Mm. Um, is is this a Pauline letter? It wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, okay. I don't know. You know, I am not always good at remembering lists. Okay. Um, oh. Like grocery lists or scripture lists. <laughs> well, you answered um, that perfectly. To... It wants to be. That's the answer. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
Well, it, it's it's one of those letters that scholars are fighting about. Okay. Whether okay. or not it, it really belongs to Paul. There are parts of it that sound very Pauline and other parts that just ring weird. Well, sure. And and some of it, the, the image of the invisible God and blah, 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 that sounds very much like the book of Hebrews, which was not written by Paul. Right. Um, yeah. It's a and fairly... it has that very mystical sense to it. Yeah. Whereas, to go back to Marcy and the sort of Gnostic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, Paul was, Paul was generally very practical. Yeah. And yeah. I don't always like him very much, but he was practical <laughs> and pretty much straightforward. Ooh, you um, heard it here first. Shots fired. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it's Paul versus Jeremiah. <laughs> no. Um, Paul's a good guy in many ways, yes. So um, so was was this one of the letters that was found whole cloth, or was this one of the letters that was put together? Good pieces? question. Um, basically, it, it was put together in one piece. I mean, the, what we have of Colossians is our single, everything's there, uh-huh. sets of verses. And that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of... Um, disbelief that it's a genuine Pauline letter and some of the way it's written, some of the things, some of the features within it, some of the controversies within Mm -hmm. it seem very much that they're about 30 years after the death of Paul. It seems like it's from the mid sixties and Paul's roughly around 30. Gotcha. uh, Or a little after. I'm sorry. That's when Jesus died roughly 30. So Paul's around 40. Um, But yeah, so it's, it seems to be of a piece. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have the weird breaks like the, Thessalonians 1 and 2 does. Right. Um, right, right. But it has a huge amount of uh, Greek philo- philosophical influence yeah. that makes mm-hmm. scholars uncomfortable saying that it's from Paul because Paul was a um, Jewish theologian philosopher, not a Greek one. Right. Yeah. He, uh, uh, in in this reading alone, there's some, some of that yeah, uh, occurring. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Uh, yeah, that that's not um, the the visible and invisible. That's the big right. That, is, that's yeah. a vi- that's right out of Greek philosophy. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you can God see and what a, you cannot see. And... God and God is invisible. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's good, it's invisible, <laughs> or the best in Greek philosophy is that which cannot be seen. Yeah, and it, it, mm. the the point of Jesus is by by some evaluations anyway is that. Jesus is God, both visible and invisible. Mm-hmm. And for Greeks, that would just be a head spinner. <laughs> um, yeah. You can be this embodied thing. Right. Or you can be God. And you, you can't be both. Right. Yep. So, um, whereas Jewish, of course, the Jewish line of thought was kind of similar to that, too. I think they were more comfortable because, yeah, I mean, within the but, Hebrew scriptures, if we're not being Marsonian... Heretics. There are all sorts of instances where yeah, God is portrayed as walking. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that that, well, and, and and appearing. And and yet is also ultimate, infinite, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et that there the Hebrew writings are much more comfortable with that simultaneous contrast. That the mm-hmm. like Kathy said, the Greeks would just have their heads explode. <laughs> I said or spin. spin you said spin. Yeah, they, they might spin long enough yep. to explode. <laughs> but some of this language also feeds into what we were just talking about of, of God not having boundaries. Uh, yeah. so, so some of this right. is really talking about like you know, and that's good. That's good theology. Yeah. 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 So right. um, uh, I'm trying to 
think, was there anything else I wanted to ask about this? Anything you want to say about well, I had, I had something to say yeah, about well, this. Let's go. Yeah, of course I would. Don't hold um, back. A <laughs> couple things. Number one, this, this, the writing, not mm -hmm. necessarily the theme of it, but the writing and the, the idea of God holding all things together. It's back to that gathering thing. It's what a mm -hmm. shepherd does. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pastoral sensibility in this, even if not pastoral language. Yeah. He has um, rescued us from the power yeah, of darkness and yeah. transferred us into the kingdom we're, of his we're, beloved son. We're, we're scooped back into the yep. flock. And, and that's what God is constantly doing, pulling us back together, whether within ourselves when we're kind of flying apart at the seams mm -hmm. or among ourselves when we're forgetting who we are. Um, but just, just to drop a hint, um, this week is the the celebration of Saint Cecilia, mm. which has nothing to do with any of these texts, really, but I'm going to pretend it does anyway. Um, <laughs> and um, Saint Cecilia is the, the patron saint of music. And without giving too much away and having to not need to get up next Sunday to preach a sermon, um, the reason Saint Cecilia is known as the patron saint of music is not that she was a brilliant musician herself, but that when she was in stressful moments in her life, she heard God singing inside her head, inside her heart, wherever it was. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, I, this is my imagination working overtime, but th these verses especially the very beginning of, uh, you know, the first few verses here. May you be made strong. Mm -hmm. May you be prepared to endure patience, joy, giving thanks. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, knowing what St. Cecilia's life was like, if I was living her life, I would want that to be stuck in my head. Yeah. The song? Constantly. That's yeah. the song I want God to sing mm -hmm. inside my head. And, I can imagine, you know, in, in my own real life, not even having to pretend to be someone else. Um, I think I think that has been a song that, you know, maybe not in so many words, but but God is a God who sings strength and peace and joy into us constantly. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, I don't know, it's just lovely. And it, it is very pastoral both in the sense of being out in the pasture with the sheep but also pastoral as in that deep caregiving yeah you know which is where the, the word pasture and the word pastor as in people who work in the church um they're the same word mm -hmm. we're all stuck out being outstanding <laughs> in our pastures i guess um but you know there, there's a reason why the word pastoral works in mm -hmm. so many ways yeah mm -hmm. It's, Absolutely, um, and it's it's just it's it's very lovely. And if Paul wrote it, thank you, Paul. If he didn't, well, thank you, guy. Thank you, whoever. Yeah. Or, or maybe cut, Paul. or maybe even cut up uh, um, some From, actual portions of letters and and yeah. interjected some some things here and there. One um, thing, one thing I just want to add before we leave this. One of my mm -hmm. personal interests is in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes, and one of the echoes of Dead Sea Scroll writing. Uh, I mean, the community that produced them is the image of the saints in light and the um, father rescuing us from the darkness that mm -hmm. those the light and the darkness were primary images for the dead sea scroll community that 
that we can read in their writings have now been discovered. And so that may be part of the dating of hmm. this uh, book, but certainly shows how widespread among early Christians those Jewish monks, um, what the kind of influence they had on the formation of Christi Christian theology mm -hmm. and why the Dead Sea Scrolls are so important to Christians, even though no, nowhere in them is Jesus mentioned. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a little trivia. Though. I like it. I like it. Not trivial at all. No? Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, tri trivial is what I yeah, I get to say. Okay. Uh, so Luke, uh, not what I read, though. Let's, let's be clear. So uh, before, I, before I read Luke chapter 23. Verse... Announcement, it is only Ben's comments. <laughs> yeah, comments. <laughs> comments. <laughs> Luke 23, verse 33 through 43, uh, which is fun. Uh, 23, 33, 43, 53, 53, let's keep going, 53, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly, uh, when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing, and they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching, but the leader scoffed at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were who were hanging hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, indeed, have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So, why this reading? Well, this, this reading has a very uh, uh, predestined date to be read, right? This is a... Oh yeah. This is, this is Good Friday. Yeah. Yes, this is um, it, this art. This verse already has its day. Why does a Yeah, and why we is did it, read it on on Good Friday? You know, this we we've been talking about you know, what did Paul really write and what did Paul really not write? And mm -hmm. you have to wonder what was going on with that. But then um this is where I wonder who put the lectionary together. Um Yes. Because Ooh. it does feel so odd. Um it perfectly makes sense for, you know, talking about the reign of God or the kingdom of God, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is November 24th. Um, but on first reading, at least, it's like, what? Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's all been so lovely and pastoral mm -hmm. and sweet and, you know, sitting in the sunshine blowing daffodils. I mean, no, not daffodils. <laughs> Dandelions. 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 I wrote dandelions right I, there. I mean, you can, <laughs> no, no shade thrown to those who love to sit and blow daffodils. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would do that. You look a little weird, but uh, hey, if that's your thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I like blowing dandelions. Our neighbors don't think that's yeah. Right, but. Yeah, especially when you're blowing them towards their yeah. lawn. Well, that's their problem. <laughs> Sorry, neighbors. I hope you're not listening. Sorry, Greg. Um, but... Um, yeah, uh, dandelions, like many things in life, are a personal taste. So, uh, but anyway, this thing just 
you know, when you sit and you read it all together and you could, you know, if you put the psalm that we'll be reading next Sunday back in here, it, it goes with that whole pastoral flow. And then it's mm-hmm. like, and now let's kill the king. Um, because why if, not? If, if I may, uh, on first reading, what it said, what it drew me back to in the readings, and this is my human side, of course, trying to make sense of uh, uh, weird pairings and, uh, and, and, and kind of what we all do. This took me back to Jeremiah. So uh, in that, in Jeremiah, uh, he talks about uh, initially, again, initially, it was not his fault that the sheep were scattered. But then he himself takes responsibility mm-hmm. and says, I will go to great lengths and bring you back in. And this is, this is the, the final act of the shepherd fulfilling those words. Well, and um, in Jeremiah, there is a promised king. Yeah. And it's it's very common. I I don't think this is the case. That's my personal view. But I don't think it's the case that Jeremiah was um, putting together a prophecy of Jesus. No, I mean, um, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, don't think this is expressly we, talking about back what back here. when we were dating. Um, Jeremiah never never that was not said the Jeremiah it. I knew. <laughs> The Jeremiah I knew would have been honest enough to say, yeah, it was about Jesus, or no, it wasn't, right. and never said it was. So, no, that, it, um, it would be more of a stretch. Boy, if you weren't listening a month ago, that made no sense. But, um, anyway, Jeremiah's my guy. Um, but I, I don't think the prophets were in the business of foretelling something that specific right. or that far into the future. But... But in terms of, you know, who chose these texts to be read together, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Because he did talk about some king, and now here's somebody being called king. Yep. Um, well, and this a, is also that act that brings Israel and, you know, Israel and Judah are, are made one. Today you will be uh, with me in paradise. This is, uh, like I said, you're, you're absolutely well, right. It's not, I don't think that this was necessarily like, we yeah. put these together because Jeremiah says this, and mm-hmm. this is what he's foretelling. Yeah. But I think because of the nature of uh, uh, specifically Christ being uh, both, like you said before, lamb and shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, that that's yeah. kind of the theme that the, that, yes. that the the lectionary choosers have chosen, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and uh, and that that at least is what it drew me back to. And and this this whole strand of Jesus as King really does play a lot in the Gospels. I mean, who are you? Oh, you must be a king. Oh, I think he's a king. No, he's not a king. Yes, he's a king. Well, bleh, who knows? Um, and in reading this, it's not like I've never read it before, but I have a bad enough memory that it can always be the first time again. <laughs> um, but it, it feels so much to me like, well, and the word is there, mocked. You know, he's being mocked mm-hmm. by the leaders Ah, save yourself if you're the Messiah. Um, Save yourself if you're the king. Um, And there's that banner over the cross, which is we still can't decide what that meant. Was that really because somebody wanted to say he was the king of the Jews or is it because somebody wanted to mock him again? And, you know, then there's that argument in one of the Gospels about... Um, I'd say the mocking no. theme is pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's write it this way. Let's say he claimed to be the king of the Jews. Well, that would have been equally 
inaccurate because Jesus never claimed to nope. be a king. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, this is one of those things that everybody's putting on him for their own reasons, and he's just kind of stuck in the middle, right. um, not really trying to be a king. And, and again, the, the 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 point of the shepherd is not to save yourself. Right. No. The so, point of the shepherd is to save the sheep. Yep. Or to not lose them in the first place, if you're really good. Um, <laughs> but take that, OT God. <laughs> yeah, OT God, who's whatever. Um, but you know the 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 um the the second guy on the cross. Mm -hmm. um, who sometimes are called, I don't know, are they criminals, are they thieves, doesn't really matter. Um, you know, he has this sense of confidence that there's something going on with Jesus. Mm -hmm. No, he's not going to say he's a king. He's not going to say he's the Messiah. He just says, remember me when you come to your kingdom. He has a sense, and you can't, I can't figure out why, but he has this sense that for Jesus at least, there's something after this death. Mm -hmm. There's something more. He maybe can't name it, but clearly he wants to be a part of it. Remember me mm -hmm. when you get there. Whatever it is, please think of me. Mm -hmm. And um, because all poets love things that wrap back around to the beginning when they come to the end, I struggled with this. I struggled with this and I struggled with this. Um, how this text really is continuous, clear back to Jeremiah. Um, Jesus ends his life by making an assurance. Mm -hmm. You will be with me. I'm going to continue this work of gathering. Right. And as it, as it happens, um, I don't know that the two words come from the same root, but they're very closely related. Um, the idea of pastoral and paradise are, are very strongly connected historically through hmm. through language. Um, and, you know, the, the word paradise can be used to mean, um, in, in various languages, parklands or the pleasure ground or the enclosure, like especially mm. in Latin. It was a word that they used to talk about the, the church courtyard mm. okay, as, a, yeah. as a paradise or a parv. I can't remember the word, but um, anyway. The, the, the it, P words in the Episcopal so, Dictionary are coming up here in a couple of weeks. There, like there are many, 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 many Ps in this, in this pod. Um, but, yes. you know, paradise, if you think about what people imagine when they think of paradise, mm -hmm. they think of grass and daisies and hillsides and, you know, blue sky, 72 right. degrees like right. Lima. Beaches and um, a corona. I got, yeah. Um, <laughs> peace. The idea of mm -hmm. peace. Yeah. Know? And that's what a shepherd is supposed to create. Mm -hmm. A peaceful setting so the sheep aren't a freaked place of out. safety. Sheep get mm -hmm. scared very easily. Yeah. Um, they aren't quite as funny as fainting goats, but they do get... <laughs> <laughs> they do get freaked out really easily. So a shepherd's job is to kind of maintain peace and, you know, play their flute, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and so it, it, in the end, whatever this reign of Christ or Christ the King or whatever it is, in the end, Jesus makes it a pastoral thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And one of the things that you're going to be in paradise. Yeah. One of the things that I find interesting in the way this interaction goes down is generally speaking throughout the gospels, an interaction like this, maybe not, you know, it, it taken, if you took the situation into different avenues, someone coming up and uh, proclaiming some sort of faith, uh, uh, they end up getting rewarded uh, as like, go, your faith has made you well. <laughs> in a way, this reply is not, does not feel like that. It almost feels like he's more kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, diwa? That's, well, yeah, and, that's why I'm here. And, that's why we're doing this thing. Um, because it, it, it isn't like, he does not, usually th these interactions, he does expressly uh, address someone's faith or or uh, uh, their the, that their actions or their, their words have, get called out and he goes, <laughs> And he, and he says, like, go, your faith has made you well, or, you know, truly right. I tell you, because of your, 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 you know, what you have done or what you have said, this will now happen. Right. And this is, he doesn't do that in this situation. No, this is just, whatever, yeah, you're there. Yeah. You're there. <laughs> I have to remember, I'm picturing the Jesus saying, go, your faith has made you well, and the thief having to say, uh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm stuck yeah. this, is, this is more like a, yeah. I'll see you in five minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I yeah. think is and... is the wonderful reminder of what our fate is. Mm -hmm. That at, at some point we do get the moment of you don't have to go anymore. We're now in this together forever. Mm -hmm. and, in paradise. And, you know, I, this earlier this morning during the adult forum, which you all should have been. <laughs> um, no guilt. No guilt, but you should have been there. Because um, we were talking about original sin. Because we were talking about about sin and, and guilt. And guilt and um and how God works. And one of the points made it, I, I guess I should admit I made this point. So, um, only only in as a tag on to something someone more important made. Um which is that even when God banished Adam and Eve from paradise, mm -hmm. well, that's the word we use, banished. You know, you're out of here. The next sentence, which isn't strictly recorded, um, was, oh, and by the way, I'm going with you. Yeah. Back to that God mm -hmm. who doesn't yep. know boundaries. God didn't stay in paradise. Yeah, right. wasn't trapped. There, there is, I mean, for God, there is no paradise without someone to love. Yeah, um, yeah. And... That's the model that we need to hang on to, is that no matter what we do, whether it's the first sin committed on earth or the last one, that will, well, goodness knows when that will happen, um, or how, but um, God always goes with us no matter what, and that's the point Jesus is making here. Yeah. I'm dying, you're dying See but we soon. go together. See you soon. We go together. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever is happening, we right. go together. Even, even in, even in this, the, the, the yeah. end moment, the, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the, the, the final, you know, a uh, uh, minute of pain. I am with you, and I will mm -hmm. be with you and, after. Yeah. And if that's not a God who is love, yeah. You know, starting with the story of creation, I realize that was written fairly late, but, um, you know, it wasn't the first thing written, even though it's. The first thing that happened. Right. Um, Chronological for, for the early books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was put in the right place, even if it was written at the wrong time. Um, but, 
And from beginning to end, this whole story is a story of love mm-hmm. and care and gathering and shepherding and grass and daisies and blue skies. Right, you you know, it's it's just all there. And I don't know if that's not a great story. I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. That's a good story. And that's Happy the, ending. That yeah. is the God I choose to believe in. And I think I have some good grounding in yeah. making that choice. And the greatest of these is love. Or charity, depending on how yeah, right. translate it. That's right. King James. So yeah, there you go. Charity. Very, what does he know? Very, very good. Well, uh, we much thanks to uh, uh, Luke with the uh, the Good Friday story here, uh, uh, letting us borrow it uh, for, for for the end of uh, the 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 season after Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with that, I think I think we'll wrap year C. Year C. Uh, it has bye been bye. A, it has been a fun year. We look forward to year A mm-hmm. uh, next week. Uh, we also look forward to you guys joining us uh, either at eight or ten. Uh, if you are ill, uh, we apologize. We feel badly for you, but we will also put uh, uh, portions of the sermon. Uh, the 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 sermon will be up on the podcast, but also uh, if you're more visually oriented, we'll have the sermon and some some live music go up on our YouTube channel. So hopefully you can join us uh, for eight and ten next week. And with that. This has been your podcast for November 24th, 2019, Proper 29, Reign of Christ. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And I'm still Kathy. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.